recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. Hey, this is Kurt Angle, and welcome to the Kurt Angle Show. On the show today, you're going to hear from the meme machine, your Olympic gold medalist, an Olympic hero, and world champion, Kurt Angle. And we're going to be talking about the six-man hell in a cell in 2000. But first, let me introduce to you my co-host, Paul Bromwell. How you doing today, Paul? <laughs> I- I'm just shaking my head. I- when you talk about the week that it's been for you, I, I don't even know where to begin. First, I want to publicly apologize because we got so caught up in that Mark. Let me answer your question. I'm doing great. Uh, We got so caught up in that Mark Henry interview, which was so good. It's getting a lot of great reviews. He, his pat, his love for you. Um, I'm seeing YouTube comments, guys. By the way, thank you so much for all the love on on YouTube. We just, uh, I think, passed. 67 68,000 it's climbing yeah yeah it's going great and i and i want to thank all the for all the feedback there i I was scrolling through reading i I read everything and so uh they loved hearing you and mark and and what they appreciated uh kurt was hearing some of the uh stories about the olympics uh because they always hear these wrestling stories and pro wrestling stuff but not that much so that was uh that was pretty cool um but mark and i knew each other before wwe isn't it yeah. yeah. And I, so I think that's really, that was really cool. But what, at the end of it all, I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, great. This will come out on Sunday. Oh shit. Saturday's Kurt's birthday. And we didn't say a damn word about your 55th birthday. <laughs> double forgot, Paul. <laughs> Oh man, I'm terrible. I'm a terrible host. I'm a terrible friend. <laughs> Kurt, can you forgive me? Hey, happy birthday. How was your birthday, man? It was wonderful. I went to steel city con with my wife and my kids and we had a family day there while I signed autographs and took pictures with the fans. It was pretty cool. Now we, we were thinking about having like a bunch of birthday cakes and the first 50 fans get a slice of cake, but that didn't work out. So we, we went with getting me the big Kurt angle. You see that the big, Kurt Oh, angle, did I uh, see it? It's all over cake, social yeah. media, media, Kurt, the guy, the, the Kurt angle cake head looked like it, you know, swollen twice the size of yours, but you know uh, what? that cake has like three inch, uh, wide, uh, icing. It's just, it's really rich. And yeah. As soon as you complain about, Hey, that, 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 that head is way too fat. Then you think, Oh no, that just means extra cake. So <laughs> did you at least indulge in a piece of cake for your birthday? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. I had okay. one piece without the icing. The what? icing is just too much for me. Listen, when I tell you it's three inches thick, it's really, it's really crazy, man. It's right. Too- yeah, curtain three inches. He, he, that's, 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 that's too much for him for sure. But uh, I'm glad you were able to enjoy some cake on your birthday, and then. TikTok sensation, Kurt Angle, the meme machine, Kurt. Can I tell you how many things I've been tagged in, DM'd in, and I'm just your little kick side, your little your <laughs> little co-host, Mr. Nobody. I can't imagine what the hell you're seeing. You're everywhere. 
I don't I don't know why. Like I I know that 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 video, you know, it's kind of a weird looking face, but for some strange reason, can you do reason, the face real quick for on, Yeah. I wanted to throw out some memes and uh I was the I was the butt of the joke, I guess. <laughs> well, no, they're using it for everything, any kind of quote, whatever, but it's that 10,000 foot stare and trust me, I'm familiar with it. It's happened several <laughs> times on the podcast here over the years. So I saw it, I'm like, "Oh, are, was he recording the Kurt Angle show? <laughs> Kurt, can you give us the look? Uh, can you replicate it? All right, that's close. To, yeah, there it is. There it is, <laughs> dude. That's your trademark now. That's your money. That's where your money is, right there. That look in your fifties and sixties. That will be your paycheck. Make that facial expression all day long, huh? You're continuing to evolve your character as only you can. Oh my god. I uh, I just put in an order for the meme machine black sweatshirt because I'm never letting you let, let it down. I'm, I'm gonna have it right here on the show. It's for you gonna to be on your shirt. Oh god! <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we got that. Then Penguins game. You're there. The family. It's it's uh, WWE night. Corey Graves is in the house too. Yeah. Talk about that experience. Uh, Corey, he he hosted the whole night. I mean, the kid is incredible on the microphone. Yeah, he was like interviewing people and talking about the Penguins and the fans in Pittsburgh, and I was like, "Wow, this kid's really talented." But uh, we had him on like a couple months ago, I believe. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. on the show. But it was good to see him again, and uh, we both were down there for WWE night, and I got to bring my family as well. And uh, you know, even yesterday, I brought my family to see Santa Claus. I saw that I too. Saw that, yeah. You got pictures with Santa Kurt. I live by, that's how we all keep up with you now is social media. Even, even lonely little me. I'm just like, oh, okay, well I'll have to bring this up on the show and that's how I'll find out what's going on. But you're a busy, busy man. And uh, it's been a heck of a week for you. Uh, by the way, I don't know if you realize this, but Corey is also the voice of like the steel, one of the Steelers pump up videos prior to Steeler kickoff games. This really? season. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. He, he is just really, uh, it just in, embedded in the, in the Pittsburgh culture in that way with the sports team. It's super cool. All right, speaking of football, let's go right into that. You're officially 17 and 11 overall, one on one last week. You picked the Ravens over the Rams, and that was a squeaker because it went to overtime. Ravens won, so but you got your ankle lock. That's all that matters. Yep. And then your upset pick uh, wasn't an upset. Okay, the Chargers lost 24-7. They are upset. Not only that, as we record this, uh, they fired their head coach uh, just a few short minutes ago. Oh, yeah, and they lost their quarterback for the rest of the year, Justin Herbert. So oh, you took no. the yeah, yeah, you took the L there. It was ugliness. It was the angle curse. Uh, you know, I don't yeah, know what yeah. might have been. Yes. <laughs> so, so who are you picking this week as we head into Week 15? All right, this is tough for me because you know I keep going with the Steelers, and. Uh, I started thinking, maybe not this week, maybe, God, maybe not, maybe. And I decide I'm going to go with the Steelers over the Colts. <laughs> so is, <laughs> that's there, my that, upset. That's got to be an upset. The underdog. Yeah, there's no way they're favored at all. Okay, upset of the week. Steelers at Indy. We'll see how that goes. That's a Saturday game. And then who is your lock? I have the 49ers over the cards. I think that'll be an easy win. Okay. All right, that's good. Kyler Murray's, Murray's back playing well. Obviously, uh, you know, did what he did in Pittsburgh, but uh, we'll see what happens. San Francisco, though, is rolling. They yeah, look strong, ass. man. Yeah, I, I bet against them a couple weeks ago, and they, it's the last time you'll do that. I think it was against the Eagles, right? Yeah, yeah. fly Eagles, fly. All right, bullshit. 
<laughs> they flew, yeah, they flew all right. <laughs> so there you go, Derek. We love you. It just uh, wasn't good. We, our team sucks too. So, uh, but the, the Eagles are on a much different trajectory, and playoffs are coming, man. I'm excited for the football playoffs, and it's going to be a lot of fun to see. But Kurt, that's your picks. He's going San yeah, Fran, and of course, he's the Steelers going to be in it. That's the question. Oh come on! I hope not, because they need to make some changes. And unfortunately, the only reason we're, way we're going to make changes is to shake is to is. It's, it's to lose a few more games. Nothing's going to wake games. them up. Yeah. I don't I'm know. to get anyway. the best draft pick you can, I guess. I, I mean, I hate to have that mentality. I want to be a competitor, but let's talk about you as a competitor transitioning yeah. right in. Let's get to the fun stuff. It's what everybody's here for. This is the first time we're going to talk about this, that you're going to talk about this. It's a landmark moment for you in your career. It's the first and only time you enter hell in a cell. And it's Armageddon 2000, Kurt. We're going to talk about the build-up to the event, and we're going to watch uh, some of the match together. Uh, so let's get it going. Two weeks ago, we discussed Survivor Series 2000, and this week we're looking back to that Hell in a Cell match. It's the Raw after Survivor Series, guys, and uh, that talks all about how, Kurt, your twin had to come in the ring to help you win the championship. You come out in classic Kurt Angle fashion to a promo with your brother. You got Eric with you by your side, and you bring up how every year at Survivor Series, there's always something screwy going down, whether it's Bret Hart and the incident <laughs> at Montreal. Uh, you know, now there's this. I got to ask, Was had you talked to Bret? Had you met Bret at this point in your career as you're starting to spew this stuff out in your promo? <laughs> no, I, I didn't. I, okay. I didn't talk to Bret till I believe... Around, right around the middle of 2001. That's when I reached out to him to see if okay. he'd wrestle me at WrestleMania. And that's when he said, no, he couldn't do it. And I totally understood why. Yeah. So at this point, it's just an easy thing to bring up Survivor Series, screwy finish. And you just, you know, you lean on that. I'm sure that's at the direction of those that are that are working with you behind the scenes with the, with the pen. Um, but you also point out that Steve Austin got ran over last year and there's been a new champion crowned every year at Survivor Series for six years in a row. But you, Kurt Angle, broke the curse. <laughs> and that's one for the good guys uh, that retained the title. You get to cut this promo out there with your brother. Explain the only reason he's out there was to surprise you with a title celebration. Uh, but man, this is classic heel stuff, Kurt. This was what you were so good at back then. Is uh, tell us who's right? Is it still is it Gewurz? Who's writing your promo? Yeah, Brian Gewurz wrote all my material, and uh, he did a fantastic job, especially at this point in my career when I when I became the world champion. That's yeah. when he let a lot of shit fly, and I was uh, really on fire. And, and, and I'm sure you're like, Brian, if I've ever needed you, I need you now more than ever. I got the belt and, and everything matters. Yeah. You know what? They, it kind of made me into a, like a really shit heel, um, where I, I was, I didn't get a lot of offense yeah. and I, we'll talk about that later on the podcast, okay. but it, it was, it was one of those things where Vince thought, you know, he has the credibility of Olympic gold medalists, so we can, uh, kind of have him you know, not shine as much as he should. So it, he, he figured, you know, with my credentials, I'd be able to, uh, you know, lose here and there or get pinned and, you know, in a non-title match or a tag match and I'd be okay. So they were, they were trying to make other wrestlers while I was champion. Yeah. And, uh, of course here comes undertaker and, and you, you, you know, sacrifice Eric to the choke slam <laughs> because to your point, you're being this, you know, really shit heel. And, uh, and then, you know, you get caught up, 
in a in a choke slam, Kurt, not just a normal choke slam, off the stage through a table. Buddy, how scary was that spot? Man, listen, there's nothing scarier than going backward, being 10 feet in the air, actually probably 20 feet in the air by the time Taker gets you up over his head and going backward. I mean, you're not seeing anything. You don't know where you're going to land. You don't know if you're going to land on the pad or not. It, it's it's a scary five seconds. It really is. Yeah. I mean, you're just like, uh, you know, Jesus, take the wheel on the way yeah. down. <laughs> I mean, it's scary. And don't and let the, me ever rotate because if I end up landing right on my head, then I'm going to. I'm going to die. <laughs> well, I mean, immediately it's like, keep that damn chin down against my chest. Chin, chin against the chest. Yes. Yeah. Well, listen, the EMTs come out. They take you away. The whole scene it's going on. Uh, Taker undertaker goes to commissioner Foley. And he says, I want a handicap match against the angle brothers. Um, so talk about it. You, you mentioned it a little bit last week. When we talked about Eric, but uh, were, were they still wanting to continue to get him involved and get him wrestling at this point? He didn't have any uh, training. Um, I don't think they wanted to go in that direction. I do believe eventually I did sign him. I don't think it was right away, but um, I believe they used him again later on, and that's when they decided to uh, get him some training and just put him down in OVW. And uh, so at this point in time, I don't think they had anything they wanted to do further with Eric. It was cool getting to see Eric. I saw you doing little workouts uh, the other night. Uh, yeah, yeah. We, uh, when I was training the Clarion wrestler, John Myers. Yeah. Yep, yep. And I saw Eric there with you too. So it's just like, yeah, we were just talking about him in the old switcheroo. And here, here you guys are spending some time together and doing a little training. So, well, you know uh, what? Eric trained me, and okay. uh, he he knows a lot of great technique. He trained a lot of uh, wrestlers in high school and junior high, even elementary school, and he taught me a lot of stuff growing up. And uh, I knew that he would really help me with this kid, John Myers. So we both double teamed on him and, you know, we're teaching him different techniques and stuff like that. Man, what, uh, what an opportunity for John just to get a little bit of that angle, that angle rub, if you will, um, and, and get some of that training from you guys. So we, we move on It's SmackDown the next week, uh, you come out, you got the neck brace on, you remind, you know, everybody how unsportsmanlike the undertaker is. And uh, he would win the award for sore loser of the year. I think that's the, uh, <laughs> so I mean, corny. but that's who you were at the, I point. know I am corny, <laughs> right? I mean, that's, that's who we are. Right. So taker finally comes out, beat you down edge and Christian come out to make the save taker would eventually cut you guys off. Uh, why do you think you were always booked though, as this corny cowardly, you know, shivering Scooby-Doo and shaggy in the corner heel. I don't know. I didn't like it, but you know, Vince wanted me to do that. And like I said before, he just felt that I had so many cred credentials going into the company that yeah. uh, I could do that kind of stuff and get away with it, but you can't do that stuff forever. And eventually he changed it, which I think is fun because not only were you able to pull that off, Kurt, then fast forward years later, the wrestling machine, the direct <laughs> know, polar opposite. opposite. Yeah. Yeah. And you, and you, and you, and you knock that out of the park. So then we move on to raw. It comes to us from Ames, Iowa, and that's not lost on you where the show's from because you open the show and ask the fans a simple question. Have you ever feared someone attack? Have they ever feared that someone attacking them, uh, as they're doing their job, milking cows is what you asked the crowd. <laughs> have they ever feared someone attacking them as they're doing their job of milking cows? You bring up the random violence in the WWF. You say it's getting out of control. And uh, you've had it. 
We need integrity. One of the three eyes. It's in jeopardy right now, Kurt says. You also say people look at you as a sports entertainer, but you see yourself as a wrestler. It's been long said, by the way, Vince hates that word wrestling. How are you getting away with that shit, dude? I don't know, man. He let me say it. I said it a lot of times. And Vince never came to me and said, hey, stop saying it. But, um, you know, that was actually my idea to say that. And Vince never told me, hey, stop saying that. I think because I was an Olympic gold medalist, I could, you know, relate that to what I did in the Olympics and, you know, just say I am a wrestler. So it it was fine that I said that. Yeah, and it's you putting everybody else down, trying to sub- separate yourself like something yeah. special, yeah. you know? Yeah, there's sports entertainers. I'm a wrestler. Right, yeah. And that's all you're, yeah, you, okay, you're a dick is what you are. <laughs> so then you attempt to finish your promo by saying, if the random violence doesn't stop, if it does, isn't knocked off, you're going to take your title and go home. But Commissioner Foley and Lieutenant Commissioner Deborah come out and announce a number one contenders match between Rock and Rikishi for the title shot at Armageddon. But tonight, you're going to have to defend your title against a mystery opponent. So talk about working with Mick here. This has got to be a lot of fun. This is, uh, you know, again, we're talking about really early Kurt Angle. How was it working with Mick here? You know, Mick came to me at the beginning. He said, listen, your whole thing, your whole gimmick, it's awesome. He said, I absolutely love it. I am in love with your character. This is something I always wanted to do. That's what he told me. And, uh, you know, we we had great chemistry together. We did pre-tapes and stuff. We were He was so funny, and it was just a lot of fun to work with him. And, uh, you know, he actually came up with a lot of the ideas in the pre-tapes, the verbiage to say. I, I, and, I bet. Uh, he, he was really brilliant with that kind of stuff. So I just, you know, he took the lead, and I followed him. As you get to know Mick Foley now outside of wrestling and you see the, the award-winning book writer, uh, just hey, some Mick. of the, yeah. And, and not yeah. only that, his, he's hilarious on cameos and, and this and that you can totally see how he would be such a beneficial resource for some of you guys back in those days. He Dude. is. He's a beneficial resource for my kids because he's Santa Claus. Oh, that's and right. He sends them letters every year. It's really cool. So uh, they're coming man. this year then, huh? I got to show you. You oh, the kids boy. even get a certificate for being good. That's <laughs> great. Give them to the kids uh, Christmas morning. And so is that that's for this year then already? Yeah. And how about this? He's gonna Santa's gonna leave his license on the ground, and when the kids wake up in the morning and they go down to get their presents, they're gonna see the license, and they're gonna say, "Dad, Santa left his license." So Mick has a, a letter. That's going to come the next day to say, Hey, I, I forgot my license at your house. Could you send it back to me? So oh. he's really keeping the spirit of Christmas alive, man. This guy is incredible. Another <laughs> example of him thinking forward, thinking yeah, through it. Yeah, he's, to... he's brilliant, man. That, That's you know, amazing, he loves man. doing it. He, he, he does all the wrestlers, kids, a lot of fans, kids. Uh, he, he sends letters to everybody. He's, he is Santa Claus, man. What a, what a special guy, man. And, and, yeah. and I'm sure your girls absolutely love it. Yeah, they do. They absolutely do. Yeah. Are they, but what do they, do they feed you chicken snacks and milk the night before? Do you leave that on the plate or is it? <laughs> That's all Santa's going to get this year. <laughs> chicken all right. Snacks. Let's, let's no. keep going. So you edge and Christian are discussing who could be your opponent in the back. Edge brings up hardcore Holly because you broke his arm. You never apologized for it. I love that. Christian points out on a monitor that Undertaker has just gotten here, and Edge thinks it's him. 
you put a plan in place to make sure it's not the undertaker by going to Kane, you know, his brother and first ask Kane how his Thanksgiving went and how, how's your Thanksgiving Kane? Oh my. And how heartless it was for undertaker to not invite him over, but you'll be happy to have Kane over for Christmas. <laughs> This is great stuff. This man. is this is some kind of stuff. You set the wheels in motion for Kane to attack Undertaker, which he does, because you know it's pro wrestling. And you, Edge, and Christian are seen laughing about it. Kurt, all this this goo goo gaga fun stuff. But seriously, how much fun was it working with all these guys at this point? Oh God, man. Even Taker. Taker he was even laughing his ass off. This was just <laughs> crazy stuff. And Edge and Christian and I, we were so good together, man. We were we were all best friends for real. And uh, we loved working with each other. And it was just so much fun, especially having Mick involved. This was the best time I was having ever oh. in professional wrestling, really. At this point, Kurt, you're not, not only your champion, you're working with some great people. You're having fun doing it. You got to be sitting here thinking, damn, I am so glad I made this decision with my career. I was, man. I, I ne never looked back. After yeah. that, man, it was like, wow, I love this job. I've th this, I honestly, I love this a million times more than I did training for the Olympics and winning yeah. the Olympic gold medal. Don't get me wrong. The Olympic gold medal was more important to me, but I have more fun in pro wrestling than I did in amateur wrestling. Oh, of course. You were talking about cutting weight last week with Mark Henry. And that sounded like, <laughs> like torture. I mean, it is, it's torture. <laughs> yeah. This you're having fun cutting promos and entertaining six promos, not cutting weight. Right. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, later on that night, you come out to commentary. You're going to be on commentary for the number one contenders match. Good old Jr. brings up how you put the plan in motion to get Kane and attack the undertaker. You deny it. Cause of course you do. I did had nothing to do with it. Jr. But uh, let's talk about getting to do commentary now with Jr. and King who some feel, man, best duo of all time. I mean, for me, I love J.R. King. I think Gorilla Monsoon, Bobby Heenan, and guys like that. But how big a deal was this for you to be able to work with this duo of J.R. And, 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 and the King? They're super legends. I mean, both of them. They were so good at what they did. You know, uh, uh, J.R. was the commentator that did the play-by-play and Jerry Lawler did all the comic stuff. It, they were so good together, man. They were they were like freaking frack. And when yeah. they blended together, it was so damn good. I yeah. love doing commentary with those guys. Anytime I would do it, I was up for the challenge. And I'm sure they were such pros out. They really they made it easy for you. you they know? did, man. They threw softballs at me, so I didn't have to think of anything too hard. <laughs> yeah. So you could just sit there and do that stare. <laughs> yeah. Right. I got you. Yeah, there it is. There it is. The meme machine. So you'd interfere in the match because of course you do. That's what you're supposed to do. You're the heel here. You attack rock from behind the referee hesitates, but eventually he DQs Rikishi, but commentary isn't sure if that means rock is the number one contender with this whole, you know, DQ victory going down, Kurt. So that sets Mick Foley off. He's trying to find you, but you're getting ready to attack undertaker in his match with Kane and you and edge and Christian all attack taker. And it's a four on one before you powder out. Uh, Foley calls you a sniveling, cowardly, gold medal-wearing hypocrite. And you say, hey, that means a lot, coming from one whose biggest achievement was sticking a sock in people's mouths. <sighs> you're, you, do you know at this point, Kurt, you're all going to be in this huge multi-man match at Armageddon? No, but you knew something was brewing. 
because they kept having these matches, number one contenders matches, and these tag matches with all six of us. It was just, you knew that something was going to come. They just didn't tell me until about two or three weeks before the event. So not only do you not know it's a multi-man match, you don't know yet that uh, anywhere near that it's going to be a hell in the cell. No, I had no idea. <laughs> and when I found out, I was I was nervous as hell. Uh, that's what I was getting ready to ask. So when you found out, what were you thinking? Like, holy shit, oh, this man. is something new. I was like, oh shit, man, I got to climb that cage. Uh, I remember when Mick Foley got thrown off of it, you know, a few years Fantastic. later, earlier. And I, I knew that we were going to have to do something as crazy as that. And I didn't want to be a part of it. <laughs> and I wasn't, thank God. Right, right. You were like, yeah, somebody else can do that. That sounds good. But I'll, I'll be in the match, but I ain't doing that. You know shit. what? They said, who wants to do the crazy stunt? And I didn't raise my hand. Uh, right. I, I believe uh, uh, Rikishi raised their hand and Triple H raised their hand. And I think that was it. And the, the other four of us didn't. <laughs> Again, you probably just made the meme machine face. So you get fully so mad. He makes a match. You, you're going to hate me with this meme crap. You get fully so mad that he makes a match that prevents Edge and Christian from uh, interfering with a 90-day suspension. He said, there it is. If you interfere, 90 days. And the match is against Steve Austin, and it's for the WWF title. This, Kurt, is Steve's first WWF title match since returning from his neck injury. I would think Steve's got to be a little nervous for this match. Do you know if he was? You know what? He didn't act like it. And okay. uh, when he was structuring the match, he he uh, he was really cool with me because he was like, what do you want to do? And I was like, uh, you're Stone Cold Steve Austin. We'll do what you want to do. And he was like, no, no, no. Well, let's let's talk this together. Let's come to come up with some some good stuff together. And uh, so he he enabled me to help start like letting my mind start you know, you know, the rotor in my head start moving. So uh, th this was good because Steve was teaching me to learn how to structure matches and put matches together because he could have done it all on, on his own, but he wanted me to do it too. And what he was doing was he was helping me learn. And uh, that, that was a big asset. That's why I loved working with Stone Cold. And not only that, but Steve was so good in the ring. Whenever, uh, you know, we would, we would be wrestling the match and, the next spot would be coming up and he'd call a, uh, an audible. I'd be like, what, what are we doing? He's like, just stay with me. And he'd call the audible and do that. And then he'd go back to the spot that we were supposed to do. He was just so good at that. He was really good at improvising. But to me, I would think you, you got to be nervous the first few times that you're getting involved with a guy like the rattlesnake. He, he's the biggest star in the history yeah. of the business, man. I mean, he's the biggest money guy they've ever had. Maybe outside of Hulk Hogan, but I I would put both of them up there. But yeah, Steve was the biggest star in the business at the time. And to be able to get in the ring with him so early in my career, it was awesome. Man, so cool. And again, this is the first time that you two have wrestled. Uh, man, for me, it, I, I would think that would end up on pay-per-view. Instead, this match is on Raw. I think at this point in your career, you could have cared less where it ended up. You were just oh, happy I, to wrestle Stone care. Cold. Yeah. yeah, he had a good match too. You did. He had a hell of a match. Um, and like you said, didn't Steve didn't come off worried about his neck or anything. He was just ready to go out and do it. Uh, out of nowhere, Stephanie comes down the ramp to help distract Austin. You roll him up. You grab the tights. You only get to a two. You turn him around right into his stunner. But Triple H makes his return from being dropped from a car at Survivor Series. Comes in, breaks up the pin. There's a disqualification, Kurt. 
you roll out and Hunter beats up Austin as the show goes off the air. And it kind of feels like the champion isn't in the top spot now all of a sudden, doesn't it? Listen, I wasn't. I wasn't in the top spot. You have Stone Cold Steve Austin in the ring. You have Triple H in the ring. Uh, me, you know, I was one year in the business. Uh, I was a rising star, but I wasn't there yet. Even though I was world champion, I still wasn't there. So I think what they what they realized was they needed star power continuously. Even when I was out in the ring, uh, having other bigger stars like that that I could mess with, I would get that rub, and eventually I'd be a big star myself. We want to pause this episode of the Kurt Angle Show to tell you about Kurt and I's new favorite app, and it's game time. It's the place to go for tickets to all things sports, comedy shows, concerts, wrestling, you name it, game time has it, especially those last second tickets when you're on the fence but just not sure. And I'm telling you, if you can find tickets cheaper on another site, game time's going to credit you 110% back. They even have event cancellation protection. So if your favorite performer decides to cancel, they have protection for you in that event. They also have a 24-hour return guarantee. I'm telling you, I've had some terrible experiences with all the other ticket apps out there, not with game time. They even provide job loss assurance. No one else has that. If you prove proof of job loss, they're going to refund your tickets. I don't know that it gets any more fan-friendly than that. So snag the tickets now without the stress with game time. You can download the game time app, create an account, and use code ANGLE for $20 off your first purchase. That's right. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code ANGLE for $20 off. Download it today. Last-minute tickets. Remember, lowest price, and it's guaranteed. So many great events. You can take advantage of it now. Whether you're a fan of the NFL, wrestling, music, it doesn't matter. As I said, game time has it all. You can see awesome pictures of the seats. Look at the sections, and they are so fan-friendly. There's no mistake about it. Game time is the app for you. So check it out now. Create an account. Use code ANGLE and $20 off your first purchase. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Is it safe to say here, Kurt, we've heard this phrase over and again, at this point in your career, the title was helped making this, the man yeah. versus the man making the title, right? I was, the title was making the man at this yeah. point. The time. You're absolutely right, Paul. Yeah. yeah. Good yeah. point. Yeah. Well, uh, Hunter returns. He was dropped from uh, that crane in a car. He has no cuts or bruises, but it, it is what it is. And then at SmackDown, Foley has shown promising Rikishi, then Triple H, then Undertaker, then The Rock, then Austin, all title shots. You barge in on Foley pl playing Connect Four against himself and ask him why there are five number one contenders, and he tells you that you'll find out later, Kurt. When you hear it's a six-way, buddy, are you concerned about how that match is going to be put together? Again, this is all new stuff for you. Yeah, you know what? I've never been in that type of match. I, I've never been in a cage, let alone having six guys all in one match. 
And I knew that, you know, you have to timing is everything in those matches because you don't want to trip on everyone, anyone else's spots. So you're going to have six guys in the ring. They're going to be two at one area, two in another area and two in another area. You have to map out your spots when, right. when you, when you guys, what order you're going to go. And uh, it, it's really complicated. It's all about timing. I, yeah, I can imagine it's like uh coordinating chaos a little bit without a doubt. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Foley comes out and tells you that you're a, a conniving, double talking, sniveling liar, but the violence is getting out of hand in the WWF. And the only way to contain it is hell in a cell. Just more violence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So here we go. They're going to put all six of you in hell in a cell. You come out and say you've defended your title with class and honor and that you're not a cheater. Unlike the Minnesota Timberwolves, since you're in Minneapolis, of course, buddy, you and these sports insults, this is all good works, right? Oh yeah. But you know, what's even better is, I mean, I, I was a professional athlete and to be able to pick on the other, you know, different teams around the country that, that, it, that probably struck a chord more with the fans than a regular wrestler, a pro wrestler oh, just saying it. But yeah. me being a world-class athlete and saying it was even funnier. Yeah. It just adds a little more credence to it. Yeah. So you got Foley. He comes out. He warns all six of you. He doesn't want you to get physically involved with one or the other unless it's a sanction match or they have the, you know, they'll lose the title shot. And if you start anything, he's going to strip you, Kurt Angle, of the title. Of course. Uh, that sounds pretty unfair. Okay. <laughs> a stripping unfair. of a title? Come on. <laughs> oh, damn, Kurt. I don't like it. Backstage, you confront Mick about being put in the hell in the cell, and you have a hell of an idea. You said the five contenders face off in the cell, and then the winner <laughs> faces you in a clean match. Man, this sounds just like you, pal. Foley says, uh, uh, uh. I disagree. Did you discuss the actual match with Mick and take any suggestions from him since he is known for hell in the cell? You know what? Ironically, no. Uh, he wasn't involved at all. But, okay. but we knew that we had to do one crazy-ass spot. And this was in particular because of what Mick Foley did in the, yeah. in the past. And, um, you know, when WWE does something crazy, the fans expect it again and again and again. Oh, wow. So you're kind of caught in that uh, curse that you have to continuously do something crazy. And what Mick did, nobody will match that. Even, even what Rikishi did in that pay-per-view, the pay-per-view I was in, yeah, was not even close to what Mick did. That was, yeah. uh, Rikishi had a controlled bump. Sure. You know, choke slam backward into a truck with a yeah. bunch of uh, padding in it. Uh, Mick got thrown headfirst off of a cage, the top, and landed on a freaking table. Yeah, no control no whatsoever. Yeah. No, there was no guardrail. I mean, there was no kind of barriers or boundaries put in place or Listen, anything. He should have died. Oh, okay? my God. He could have. That, that, honestly, he should have yeah. landed on his Broke head. His neck. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, easily. No, no question about it. Uh, so you go to Stephanie. I mean, because listen, who wouldn't have? And ask her to be back in your corner. Of course. We want to have her on the show still, by the way. Stephanie, I know you're listening. We still want to have you on as a guest. Just contact I know you're her. a big fan of the show, Steph. Yep, that's right. Come She's on. our number one listener. So we appreciate you, Steph. Shout out, Steph. She refuses, though, at this point and says she needs to take care of Triple H now. Uh, so that's probably changed at this point. That's probably changed at this point. You guys hug it out. Hunter walks in and, and, and it gets awkward. Okay. As you guys are, are hugging. Um, 
Yeah. It's pretty cool though, how you guys kept circling back to the storyline, but man, I just feel like it could have been so much more. Don't you agree? It could have been. I think that's why they kept it open. Uh, they always were, they were doing these things with Stephanie and I later on, even, even in the future. And I think they were just seeing, you know, keeping yeah. it alive, just keeping that chemistry going. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, we never <laughs> did go back to it, but we had it open just in case yeah. you had that spark. The spark. Yeah, was we, still did. There we had first. definitely had a spark, especially <laughs> when we kissed. <laughs> <laughs> is your office door closed? All right. Yes. The main event on SmackDown is you teaming with Edge and Christian to take on The Rock and Undertaker. You get pinned in the match from Undertaker, and I don't know, man. Do you feel like Edge and Christian could have lost here, right? I, I feel like they could have lost here. They could have what? Lost. Lost the match. Oh, oh yeah. You mean get pinned. One of them get pinned. Yeah. Uh, I agree. I agree. I don't know why. Uh, it's not like Undertaker had to be made by by pinning me, uh, but but you know I think that Edge or Christian getting getting beat would have definitely helped me and would yes. have uh, protected me. They should have one. It feels like one of those two should have taken the L. Uh, you're the champ, man. I mean, come on, what are we doing? But you know, it's what? pretty sad when they want to protect the two tag team guys instead of the champion. <laughs> right. Uh, then you guys all hop on a plane. You're flying to England for the Rebellion UK only pay-per-view, and it's you defending your title against Rock, Rikishi, and Austin. There's a ton of interference. Edge and Christian, even the Radicals, come in to save you from dropping the belt. But you would end up pinning Rikishi with the Olympic Slam before you all get stunners after the match to send the crowd home happy. Austin has clean house and kicked all your asses. How about that? Do you have any uh, fun memories from that trip or that show, Kurt, over there in the UK? No, it was just, it was really cool to be in the ring with those three guys, uh, knowing what yeah. legends they were and uh, knowing that we're going to have the six man hell in the cell and that two more guys were going to be that were legends are going to be involved in the match. Uh, it was, it was a complete honor again, to be in the ring with Stone Cold Steve Austin. I, you know, I was so mesmerized when I got in the ring with the rock, but when I got in the ring with Stone Cold, don't forget, he's the reason why I actually joined WWE. That's right. So I was like a super fan of Stone Cold. So it was it was a huge honor to be inside that ring with him. He's the reason why in Memphis you put on the black boots and the leather vest. <laughs> yeah, I wore the black leather vest. I look trying to look like Austin. I was an yeah. idiot. Yeah. And I instead thought, hey, WWE's gonna let me do it. <laughs> instead, you look like one of the village people, but hey, you tried. Oh, it was cool. I did try. <laughs> <laughs> Two days later, you're Little in. Did I know that they're going to make me the opposite, my character. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, but it's that it, you know what? It, it is an example, though, of how he was your guy as a fan. It really would help bring you in. I think that's a cool story. Stone Cold Steve Austin, his impact on the business. He was one of the reasons Kurt Angle finally decided to jump ma- jump into the business. It, he was. So let's let's I talk about that him. type of impact on the business, guys. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah, you know, we always talk about ticket sales and who's bigger and better, Hogan or what. I don't know. Kurt Angle might not have been in the business if it wasn't for a Stone Cold Steve Austin. Exactly. You're exactly right, man. I don't know if I would have been, to be honest with you. Right. You were such a fan of his, and you were like, I got to do this. I want to get in the ring. It's something. But at the same time, you can always say the other stars were obviously influenced by guys they grew up watching this too. But he was the big one for you. Two days later, you're in East Rutherford on Raw, and you interfere in Undertaker and Rikishi's match, and you help get Rikishi the win over the Undertaker. And this is the infamous night, Kurt, 
where we get a promo from The Rock, and we're we have this clip, and we're gonna watch you it know together. What? It's the funniest, most entertaining promo ever. Period. All right, you ready? Here we go. Let's check it out. Rock, we are less than a week away from one of the biggest challenges of your career, competing for the WWF title in a match you've never competed in before, a Hell in a Cell match where you and five other men Sure, as for the very first time, Kevin Kelly, The Rock, stood right in this arena and called you an ugly hermaphrodite. Is this sure <laughs> as this Sunday night at Armageddon, The Rock will be in hell in a cell? This is going to be the most brutal match The Rock has ever been in. The dangerousest match The Rock has ever been in. The hell in the cell. And it doesn't matter, Kevin Kelly, what you call it. Whether it's called a hell in a cell, a rage in a cage, penis in Uranus, the only thing that matters is that The Rock is going in this Sunday night to do exactly what he does best, lay it the smack it down, and get back The Rock's WWF title. And the fact of the matter is this, is that The Rock knows this Sunday night he has his work cut out for him. The Rock knows he's got five other guys he's got to compete with. And even if The Rock has got to beat Kurt Angle, which means, I'm gonna drink a big glass of milk eat some chocolate chip cookies, and then maybe I'll take three Viagra. <laughs> or maybe The Rock is gonna face Rikishi. Beat Rikishi! I did it for The Rock. I did it for the people. I did it, I did, uh, shut your mouth, you thong-wearing fatty. Or maybe even The Rock has got to beat The Undertaker, the American badass, beat him so bad that one more time he'll raise up. <laughs> Rest in peace. Or maybe The Rock has got to beat Triple H himself, which means uh, he's got to beat the game uh, in the middle of the ring. Uh, and he has a $2 slut for a wife! Uh, oh, my. <laughs> uh, I can't believe he's saying this. Stephanie is not a... And there's one left. Or maybe The Rock has got a beat. Stone Cold Steve Austin, which means I gotta get in my I gotta get in my pickup truck, drink some Steve Weisers, listen to some Backstreet Boys. What? Backstreet Boys? And that's the bottom line, cause the great one said so. Backstreet Boys. Oh, Bridge Boys, maybe, but it's gonna be every man for himself Sunday on pay-per-view. And one more thing, this Sunday night 
at Armageddon, The Rock is going to do all he can to win the WWF title. If you smell what The Rock is cooking. Come on, man. I'm getting better than that, man. I, I mean, all the impersonations. For you, though, I was a little confused. I got the milk reference. I got the chocolate chip cookie reference. <laughs> the three Viagra? <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm supposed to be a virgin. Oh, oh okay. Viagra. <laughs> is there something we don't know that he does, and he's ribbing you with that statement? I don't know. There might be something on the back end. He never told me, though. Uh, I, I am that, curious to know rock yeah. if you uh could let me know what you meant by that please do <laughs> why do you think kurt in his early 20s still needed viagra and if that's the case what does he need at 55 thank you rock appreciate <laughs> it oh man so good uh since foley previously told you not to interfere and you did you'll have to defend your title later on that night against chris jericho but first you pay a visit to Hunter and Rikishi, and the three of you team up in the cell just like the three musketeers. Hunter plays like he's interested, but it's all a scam, Kurt. It's all a work. During the match with Jericho, Earl Hebner gets wiped out, and eventually Kane, who is feuding with Jericho, comes out to attack Chris Jericho, and with this whole distraction, you hit a low blow and the Olympic slam for the victory. That doesn't sound very Olympic-like. Kurt, I tell you what, though, it's so hard for you to get a clean victory back in these days. <laughs> was it frustrating? Tell us. You know what? I was still learning. Uh, I, I wasn't frustrated. Uh, I didn't even know that uh, this you was actually damaging my, my, I don't want to say my I character. Guess my, my character, yeah. Um, I, I really didn't know. And, and I think I told you this. Pat Patterson actually stood up and said, yeah, listen. Right. We need to make this guy the real deal. We need to make the fans take him seriously because we made him a joke for so long. We need to turn this around. So eventually they did, but right at this point in time, they weren't they weren't having they they, they were making me do a bunch of jobs and you know it, it was just really uh tough to get any kind of win. Yeah. You uh you would confront Hunter and Rikishi in the back about not helping you. And you can tell Hunter, uh, he's the master hunt mind behind all this stuff. He calms you down. He says, We should talk about an alliance. Can't trust that Triple H at all, can you, Kurt? No, no, Triple H. He's yeah. the most untrustworthy person in the world. Right, right. Uh, he's just kidding, guys. It's all part of the story. <laughs> uh Vince McMahon is in the main event segment of Raw. And, and on the go home, he delivers a state of the WWF address. And the story is basically that he's worried Foley is risking six of his biggest stars in one match. It turns into the baby faces, Rock, Austin, and Taker all beating up Vince. Uh, but when Taker heads to the back, he attacks you as well. Hunter and Rikishi coming for the save and all the baby faces are beaten down by you three. And the three musketeers walk off into the sunset as the show fades to black. But this is a hell of a go-home angle on Raw here. Vince, being that evil, selfish owner, was one of the best, man. He was great. He was great. But anytime Vince was involved with the program, it was money. Yeah. He, he stepped into this program right here. And uh, he, he draws. I mean, a guy, yeah. no matter if he's wrestling or not, he draws money. He really does. He might be the biggest star in the history of WWE. He just, he just elevates. That's all. He'll never hurt an angle. He'll, it'll always uh, elevate. You know it. what? He always, he's always a butt of a joke. He yeah. never, he never puts himself over in the long run. It, it 
It's always, it yeah. always backfires on them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, SmackDown, which is by the way, just three days from the pay-per-view we're here at the final SmackDown is from Madison square garden. The show opens with you, Rikishi and triple H coming out in a limo. Foley walks by and tells Hunter and Rikishi they're suspended, but you, you Kurt Angle, you don't get the night off. You have to defend the title against Austin Rock and Taker, all of them in a fatal four-way. Uh, with the heels supposedly suspended, you're taking on dude, three of the biggest stars in professional wrestling history. Not just that, but you're in the world's most famous arena. I would say that's not too bad uh, of a gig here for a guy that just debuted on TV a year before. No, no. Listen, man, it's like I woke up and I, I, I ended up in paradise. I mean, here I am at Madison Square Garden with three of the biggest stars in the history of the business. And I'm going to do a four-way with them. Wow, yeah. man. It was a dream come true. Yeah, absolutely. The finish of this sees Hunter and Rikishi come out of the crowd, of course. Taker gets laid out while Austin and Rock uh, work you over. But Hunter hits Austin and Rikishi hits Rock, and you take the belt and pose over everyone. Until you hit Rikishi with the belt and Hunter hits you with a chair to let everyone know, hey, pal, listen, we're no partnerships anymore. It's every man for themselves and hell in a cell. And uh, here we go. How? But, but I feel like as champ, wouldn't have you like to be that last man, that one person standing in, in MSG compared to Hunter? Or again, yeah, yeah, of course I would. But that wasn't going to happen. Like I said, they were they were prostituting me pretty good. <laughs> That's right. All right, Kurt. Well, we're here. We're finally at the match. It's Armageddon, December 10th, 2000. We're in Alabama, Birmingham, Alabama. It's uh, Armageddon, and we're going to watch the final 12 minutes together. And then uh, as we watch, uh, we'll get into some notes from the Observer. Let's take a look. Here we go. So, Kurt, we pick it up mid-match. Undertaker actually has you on the outside, and he's just pegging you in the head with a microphone. Beating the shit out of you, strangling the shit out of me. Yeah. Do Do you remember anything about this day? Like, do you remember? Did you come down and kind of look at the cell in the air? And did you guys get the? Did they lower it at all and do anything in the ring prior to or any kind of? Yeah, we got to climb it and get a feel on top because the top is not the most stable place to be. Uh, If you remember, Mick Foley kind of fell backward through a couple years prior. So uh, we all wanted to get a feel for it, get up there and walk on it, make sure it was sturdy. Um, you know, we, we, we like went over some spots we were going to do. Like I think Undertaker was going to choke slam me or somebody up there uh, on the cage. And then, uh, and then they wanted to go over the spot with Rikishi. So we got a feel for everything. Okay. We walked through everything. We made sure our timing was perfect. And uh, you know, right now we're, Hunter or Taker and I are just chopping wood because this spot's coming up with uh, Austin and Triple H. So we had to make sure that we didn't run into each other's spots. Everybody had a certain time to do it, and we did it in that time. And at this point of the match, everything's going on, it seems like, outside of the cage. But Taker's busted open. This is back in the day when we saw blood on Hell in a Cell, which I'm a fan of. Uh, Call me gross or whatever but you guys are now climbing uh, i'm not sorry you guys uh hunter and stone cold are now climbing uh to the top of the cage we'll see where that ends up i'm going to read a few notes here from the observer as we watch this together it says the wwf's final pay-per-view event of its biggest uh of of its biggest year was sold as a one-match card and even after buying the show most of the first two hours of the show came across more like an ad (laughs) to buy a show already purchased 
after a flat undercard where nothing was terribly bad, but nothing was particularly good that dragged at times because of too much hype that would have been best served being on Sunday night heat. The main event finally takes place, but Kurt, this feels like there's a lot of pressure now on you six guys to really deliver in the main event, especially as Meltzer saying, this is, this was kind of felt like a one match show. It pretty much was because they were advertising all through the pay-per-view. Yeah. I mean, it was like, you know, showing the cage and showing all of us like after every match, they advertised it. It was like, it was like, this was the, the main event of the night. And it was the only match that meant something. And, and, and it was because we had six of the biggest stars in the business in it. Absolutely. He goes on to say, and, uh, we see now you climbing the kid, Kurt, were you afraid of this? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not really good with heights. To be honest, I know you me. don't like heights. So I'm like, yeah. man, how, how, did it take a lot of convincing to say, Hey, you're going to, you're going to climb up there, buddy. Yeah. The problem was when I got up there, I had to stay up there. Like when I go up to do a moonsault on top of the cage, uh, I go, I go right away up and down. I don't think yeah. yeah, up and down, but here I had to stay up there. It's scary. Yeah, and not only that, you got Taker chasing you and guys hitting you, and you're just praying to God that this th thing better hold you and you don't fall yeah, through. I didn't want the thing to break. Especially after what you had seen with the Foley spot or a few years earlier, to your point, where he flew through that. Oh, gosh, he landed on his back, a chair landed on his face. Yeah. <laughs> knocked the tooth out of his mouth, down his throat, and then and then he coughed it up through his nose. <laughs> out of his nose. <laughs> Everybody I mean, you, wonders you, you, how that happened. It's because he swallowed it, and he coughed yeah. it up, and it went up through his nose. <laughs> yeah, listen, you're a violent guy, but nobody wants to fall through a caged roof. Okay, yeah, not to have a tooth laying out of their nose. <laughs> right. Uh, Meltzer said, as good as anyone's expectations of the Hell in a Cell match with six men, this turned out much better to the point that it may have been WWF's best match of the year that had a lot of strong pay-per-view main events. So to Meltzer's point, this year was amazing as far as pay-per-view events and still this match, which by the way, I've got people at message that were so excited that you and I were going to talk about this because of how great this match was. Meltzer saying this could be the ultimate match of the year when all said and done. That's pretty big praise. You know what? For it being a gimmick match, and I don't, I'm not going to devalue a gimmick match, but for it being a gimmick match that it was, it was pretty damn good. But you had a lot of veterans out there. You know, not me in particular, but the other five that knew what they were doing. They took their time. Uh, they made everything right. Everything was in place. And th they made it the best match of the year. And, you know, for me, it wasn't my best match. Not by far. Um, but as a whole, with the other five guys, it was it was a pretty damn good match. So uh, how how everything gelled together, I understand why it could be match of the year. And if you look at it, too, it's like, hey, maybe a little bit less pressure because there's six of you and yeah. you guys are almost going out there with a team mentality. Like, Hey, let's all work together to put on this hell of a show. Right. You're absolutely right, Paul. We worked as a team and we did it. Yeah. Now the big boy is climbing up. Rikishi is scaling the ring. Like a, uh, like a cat. What is he going is on? That guy is so quick for the weight that he carries. Unbelievable. The way he moves. I mean, seriously, how many people his size, and I'm not putting him down. He's a big man, Kurt, heavy man, could could do what he just did. Gosh, 450 pounds. And, and 400 of it is in his backside. <laughs> yeah. And he just scaled the ring. The, yeah, uh, no, the, the, those hips and that, that butt, it's powerful, man. Yeah, you know, you felt it in your face. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> your face was wedged between those butt cheeks. He just gave like you a literal stink, stink face. He did. He gave you yeah. this most stinkiest stink face in history. <laughs> he just uses the chair on the undertaker. But I mean, think about the wrestlers, the announcers, look at all these camera shots. The cameramen are on their game. The production oh, yeah. crew. Yeah. They, 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 they pull out all gimmicks for this. You know, every camera shot was incredible. Look at uh, that shot. was really well-placed. Very well-placed. And I think, you know, we got to pay respects to some of these these other folks that are behind the scenes because it's just not as important. I mean, it's obviously, it is important what you guys are putting together on the ring. But us at home, we want to be able to see everything. They, and we want to these, these camera guys gave the fans access to things they wouldn't normally see. And that's pretty cool. And, and, and the guys who are in the back saying, Hey, camera one, camera four, camera six, they got to be on it. So Do we're see. not missing a thing. You're absolutely right. It's, it's you know what? They had everything written down and thank God we did everything in perfect order. So everything worked out the way it was supposed to. That's why it, it ran as match of the year. Well, look, you just, this is your happiest moment of the match. You, <laughs> I got off the cage. You're off the cage. Yep. And Rikishi, look at Rikishi just walk, walking around up there like no big thing on the rails. They they didn't want anybody on top of the cage except those two. And Let's listen to uh, JR here and the reaction. You guys get out from there. The headbutt on the bloody head. Rikishi from the bloody head. Oh. The Undertaker, who just got knocked down by the 424 pounder. Well, I'm going to tell you something, JR. I just got a feeling. The Undertaker's thrown. He's thrown people, but I got a feeling the Undertaker's going to be thrown. I got a feeling the Undertaker's going to fly from that, that cell tonight. Rikishi really. Rikishi really. Get away. No, Rikishi, no. Rikishi on the edge. You can see the end of the world from here. Don't. Don't. This is so scary, man. JR's reaction, priceless. I mean, nobody does it better than JR with moments like that, first of all. You're absolutely right. Uh, camera right to Austin's face to show his shock and all. Next camera shot, Rock's face, show his shot and all. It's the whole scene, man, and, and everything that just pulls this whole thing together. You know what? If Rikishi would have went one foot to the right or the left, he'd be dead. That's, that's well, how precise that bump had to be. And that, and that, you know, kudos to Undertaker too for making sure he's lined up like he needs to be before he dumps his, you know, dumps his right. they had to have a piece of tape up there. They had to. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's just all working together and communication. Uh, so there we go. Meltzer said, guys started switching partners at this point. Triple H turned on Rikishi, gave him a pedigree for a near fall. Austin did the stunner on angle, but Undertaker saved. Undertaker's choke slammed Austin, but Triple H saved. Triple H was then thrown into the cage time after time. Vince McMahon comes out with Patterson and Briscoe to tear down the cage with a truck. 
That, for some reason, had a bunch of padding in the back, which would break the big fall later in the match. It made no sense, as there was no way the truck could pull down the cage without taking the ring itself. So they hooked it to the door and pulled the door down. And that is what, Kurt, and that happened here, what happened to get uh, everybody out to brawl outside the, the match here. Foley, Dex, Patterson, and Briscoe, and security gets McMahon out. Um did they, and you talked about earlier, but I guess you were never personally approached about taking any kind of spot off the cage. No, no. Uh, they did ask who wanted to take the crazy bump. I didn't raise my hand. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Uh, he goes on, Triple H put Austin's head through a windshield, so he's he's bladed up, according to Meltzer. Triple H gave Rock a pedigree on the roof of a car. Undertaker slammed angle on the hood of a car. How'd that feel? That hurt like a son of a bitch. <laughs> Yeah, that hurt. Uh, I I had uh, I I had a sore back for about two weeks after that. L look at your bloody face. I so that's know. a little that's a, the old little Nick Nick to the head trick, huh? Yeah, yeah. You know who taught me how to do that? I was going to ask Stone Cold Steve Austin. He said, "Don't slice." He said, "Push and twist. Push okay. and twist." Say that, Paul. Push and twist. Push and twist. I feel like that's not the first time you've said that. Now, listen, where do you, where did you keep your little, your razor? Oh, and your finger tape or yeah, I had it. I did. I, I had my, uh, uh, um, wrist tape, wrist tape. I see wrist tape. Yeah. 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 Okay. Let's, uh, give as there, you as know, I'm going to gig because anytime I had tape on my wrist, <laughs> Oh, that's when you're gigging. Yeah. Uh, Meltzer says, as we see here, there's the end. There's the pinfall. Your music just hit. It's going off the air. Kurt, you put two fingers on the rock and pin him. And we're going to talk about the That's close here. Pin. <laughs> yeah. That was probably the lightest pin you've ever put on anybody. <laughs> I couldn't even get like a, a legitimate pin no. in this match either. <laughs> I mean, when they let you pin That's somebody, debatable if I actually covered them. <laughs> It's like with a fingernail when they finally <laughs> let you pin somebody. Kurt Angle retains the WWF title in the Hell in a Cell match, which, by the way, guys, we have a lot of fun here on the show, but go back and watch this one. An amazing match. Wow. 23 years ago, Kurt. Can you believe you that? What? It turned out way better than I thought it did. I haven't yeah. seen this match for a while, and uh, it really, I'm very happy with the outcome of the match. 32 minutes, 14 seconds. There's blood. There's Lawler and Ross. There's Hall of Fame talent everywhere. There's the classic Rikishi bump off the side. And uh, Meltzer referred to it as what could be the uh, the match of the year for WWF. Uh, so a lot of fun, man. I had a lot of fun. Any, uh, any final thoughts as you checked it out or as you were kind of going through the questions this week and thinking back to that time in your career? You know what? It, it, it brought me back to reminisce on how much fun I had back then. Uh, you know, when, when I, when I, um, when I started, when I broke my neck against Brock Lesnar in 2003, that's when the fun started not being so much fun anymore. I gotcha. Um, yeah. that's when I got addicted to painkillers, um, that's when things started work became work instead of fun. It wasn't fun for me anymore. And it was, it wasn't, I want to do it. It was, I had to do it. It was like, this and, is my uh, job. Yeah. But when the wrestle machine, when I started being the wrestle machine, the, the, the passion came back again and, uh, and I, I was back in it again. So it was, you know, tit for tat back and forth, but you know, for the most part, I really enjoyed my career in WWE. 
Kurt, four and a half stars, Meltzer gave it. So you were almost a part of a five-star oh, match. Oh, man, I almost had a five-star match. Almost. I mean, this is unbelievable. Kurt, uh, is this one of your favorite matches of all time? Or no, what do you rank it? No, not, not at all. Surprisingly, okay. And it's because I didn't contribute as much. Yeah. You know, it, it, I, I did very little in that match. The other guys did a lot, a lot of the work. So it's not, it's something I'm proud of, but yeah, it's entertaining for you to, yeah. 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 Like I was part of it, but I wasn't the whole, the main reason why it was so good. You know, you weren't the whole effing show like RVD. RVD. (laughs) (laughs) Buddy, next week we have a surprise topic. And then the week after that, we're going to do ask Kurt anything. You and I are going to do a double header next week because we are on Wednesday. Yeah. Because the final week. You and your beautiful family are going to take a week-long vacation between Christmas and New Year's. So, guys, get your questions in for the podcast on social media. There's a post out there on the Kurt Angle Show uh, for both whatever the surprise topic is. We'll see. And then especially for Ask Kurt Anything. Kurt and I have a blast with Ask Kurt Anything. You never know what he's going to bring up. Last time we found out all about Applebee's and uh, how that's played (laughs) such an instrumental part in his marriage. So, engaged, uh, yes. Yeah, you're never gonna know what we get what you're gonna find out there. By the way, you can check out all Kurt's past top impact moments. That's right, Sean Berkey at impactwrestling.com forward slash packages and sign up with code Kurt. Heard there might be a problem with their website. Kurt is digging in to find out what the deal is, and we'll let you know as soon as we find out what the problem is. But when it is working, it's impactwrestling.com forward slash packages and sign up with code Kurt. And when it's not working, it's my fault, right, Paul? <laughs> Your Olympic hero shit the bed once again. So there you go. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> we had a little fun earlier today with that. Guys, if your business targets 25 to 54 year old men, there's no better place than to advertise with us here on the Kurt Angle Show. Go to advertisewithangle.com and uh, you can advertise right here with our audience. We have a great audience, a strong support system. Again, Kurt, you got to check out these YouTube comments, man. We have so many people that are loving the show, and I can't thank you all enough for it. So check it out now, advertisewithangle.com, and be a part of the show. And check out the merch. We're growing the merch store, boxagimmicks.com. All your holiday gifts, family needs, the Kurt Angle Show wrapping paper, and more importantly, the Meme Machine Collection (laughs) is there now. If you want it on a sticker, a coffee cup, a sweatshirt, a T-shirt, all of it has that Kurt Angle stare. Kurt, give it to us one more time. And there it is. That 10,000 foot stare is your moneymaker, Kurt Angle, as you go to, as you look into your golden years, <laughs> the meme machine. And I so look we can, <laughs> you look senile. Who cares? I mean, I mean, look at that face. I love it. Guys, check us out. You can f- follow us at The Angle Pod. You can find us on YouTube at KurtAngleTV.com. Kurt, let's get into it. I know what you have in your hand. No, not the other hand. But show us those Smart <laughs> Snacks Crispy Protein Bites. Look, Paul. <laughs> Watch us on YouTube, guys. <laughs> all right, all right, all fun I, I, on the side here. Yeah, all right. This, these are Snack Smart Crispy Protein Bites. We have four different flavors. I Cinnamon broke her. I love it. Honey mustard, uh, cheese pizza, and I believe uh, sweet barbecue. 
and cinnamon They're all swirl. incredible. They taste yeah. unbelievable. You're going to love them. Go to physicallyfit.com. That's physicallyfit.com. You can order them there. If you want to become a member for life and get 20% off for the rest of your life, become a member online, or you can use code ANGLE20 and get 20% off your first order. It's up to you. But go to physicallyfit.com to order yours. Listen, and you too can look like the shredded Kurt Angle at 55 years old, maybe in the best shape of his life. Look at him. He's flexing. Oh, yeah. Doing the crab. Oh, yeah. Look at that. My goodness. We got to get out of here because the female demographic just spiked on this show. <laughs> uh, so, so get you some smart snacks. Look like Kurt Angle. And man, I'm telling you what, your little black book will be growing. For sure. Yeah, oh, the black book. The other, the other thing that you need is a little bit of Project One nutrition in your life. You need a little bit of that protein if you're gonna if you're gonna you know build those muscles. Kurt, tell them how they can find out all about your cookies and cream uh, protein powder. Kurt Angle's cookies and cream protein, uh, high protein, low carbohydrate, best tasting protein on the market. Cookies and cream, you absolutely love it. Go to physicallyfit.com to order yours. You'll get it. Um, there's, there's something in there where you can buy um, this, this whole uh, collection of Kurt Angle merchandise. Ooh. You can do that. I think it's like $149. Or you could just buy the protein, which is, uh, I believe, $43. So uh, go go to phys- or go to uh, projectonenutrition.com to order yours. Kurt, it's great because it's Christmas bonus season. And I've had a few folks reach out and say, I'm getting the meme machine shirts as soon as I get my Christmas bonus. <laughs> I just I- advertise it on Twitter. I think, oh, wow. Well, all right. It worked. So uh, what I also think you should do is go over to Project One Nutrition if you've been waiting and get that gift box, okay, for the Kurt Angle fan in your life with Project One Nutrition for 150 yes, bucks. you know? Yes, sir. See, yes, see sir. I'm working for you, Kurt. I'm working for you here. And then finally, KurtAnglebrand.com. That's where you're going to see, if you click on that website, Kurt Angle, and you're going to be able to find everything from Cameo videos to cowboy hats, milk cartons, cards for, you know, whatever, birthday cards, T-shirts, he'll autograph photos and send them to you, KurtAnglebrand.com. Yes, sir, the whole ball of wax. There it is. He remembered whole ball of wax. Listen, we've had an absolute blast this week. On behalf of your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle, this is Paul Bromwell, and we'll see you right back here next week as it's uh, Christmas week. Mm, Can't wait. On another episode of The Kurt Angle Show. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.